Welcome to another episode of F That, Breaking the Rules of Online Business, the podcast for people who are ready to question the status quo of online business and market their business however the F they want to. I'm your host, Deanna Seymour, and I create beautiful graphics and engaging short-form videos to help you market your brilliant ideas. Now, I know I just put out Steal This Course, which is all about helping you get over the shame you might feel around courses you've bought in the past and maybe not gotten results from and helping you be more aware of marketing tactics used when selling you those courses, as well as creating a personal framework to consult next time you feel the urge to bust out your wallet and buy another course. Here's the thing. The course, steal this course, the course. How many times can I say course? And get ready, because I'm about to say not a whole bunch. (laughs) Steal this course is not about not buying courses. It's about not buying courses you don't need, can't afford, or are buying because of an emotional reaction to a sales page. As a former teacher, I love learning. I want people to learn. It's totally my thing into the learning. But scamming people to make passive income ain't teaching. Just saying. Today, I wanted to have on my biz bud, Ajelle Wade, because she has an online course. And although I haven't personally taken it, I've had many a coffee chat with Ajelle over the years about her program, her students, and all the ways she can support them. So, Yes, it is a balance between making sure your students are getting what they need, making sure you're charging enough for your time and energy and knowledge, and figuring out where the teacher's information and motivation responsibilities stop and the student's responsibility to do the work begins. With my background in education, it's something I'm seriously interested in. So I thought a conversation conversation with Agel about all this would be super fun to dive into. Before we start, let me give you the deets on Agel. She has been having way too much fun in the toy industry over the past 12 plus years, working for companies like Toys R Us, Party City, and Madame Alexander, just to name a few. She's climbed up and across the ladder in the toy world, and today is known industry-wide as the toy coach. She joyfully works as a consultant for popular IPs and toy companies of all sizes, and her online course that we'll be talking about today is called the Toy Creators Academy. It empowers newbies in the toy industry with step-by-step guidance, downloadable worksheets, and group coaching. All right. So now that you know about her and you know how I feel about these courses, let's do this thing. How are you doing? Whoop, whoop. I'm having a great Monday morning with you. Yes. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here. I feel like I wanted to have an episode where I was like, okay, y'all, courses are not all bad since I feel like I'm like, I don't know, in my own head getting a rep for like, you know, steal this course is like talking about, what am I trying to say? I'm trying to, okay. So in steal this course, I say not all courses are bad, but you don't, might not need all courses. That's the like thing. So when I was planning out the podcast, I was like, okay, I want to have a course creator on who I know is doing great things in the world. And your name popped in my head. So hello. Hi. Thank you so much. I was a little nervous. I was like, oh my gosh, am I good enough? But after we talked, your facial reactions when I would tell you all the stuff I did, I was like, oh, maybe I am doing a good job. So thanks. Yes, you are. Okay. So tell everybody about your course. Yes. And what you help people do. Right. So my course is called Toy Creators Academy, and I call it the most extensive online course for developing and launching your playful product ideas. So I help people uh, get to know the current toy market, what the white space is, and develop an idea in this course, Um, develop an idea. Then I share industry contacts within this program, 
Uh, I tell people how to talk to those contacts in this program, like email templates, like this is what you should say in your first email. This is what you say in your second email. And then I show them how to develop the idea with like a factory or how to prototype it. And then depending on what path they want to go on, there's like two different paths that this course leads you to. Either you're an entrepreneur and you're developing it and producing it to sell direct to consumer, or you're an inventor and you're developing it and producing it to sell it to a company, to sell the concept to a company. So I just teach them the two different paths, how to make connections in those two different paths. We talk about shipping. We talk about warehousing. We talk about pitching to to manufacturers and retailers. And yeah, that's what they learn in the course. And then at the end of the course, I have a pitch event. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I want to dive into all the things you do in your course because already I'm like, okay, that's a lot. Um, Okay. And also I want to approach this too with my teaching background because you do not have a like an official teaching background. Is that true? Okay. Other than the years where I taught my brother school, (laughs) forcibly, (laughs) forcibly taught him school and gave him gold stars. Uh, No, I have no formal teaching background. Okay. Okay. Because I, some of the things you do, I'm like, oh my gosh, you're doing like what you would be taught to do in teacher school, which I mean, you know, whatever, college, teacher school, whatever, (laughs) certification. I don't know what they call it these days. Um, Okay. So first of all, I just want to acknowledge that you've already like figured out that your students have two paths and it sounds like you sort of help them figure out their path. Also, you sound very shark tanky, by the way. Everyone says that. Everyone says that. It's true. I know. You're like, you're like distribution. It is. Uh, yeah. Licensing. I don't know. Yeah. You're saying like Shark Tank words. Um, yeah. I love it. Wait, what also, what's white space in the market? Okay. So white space in the market is just like a market gap, an opportunity for a new product. So say you get to know the doll market through my course and you learn how to go to stores and what to look for. So you might say, okay, there are black dolls out there, but there aren't any black dolls in traditionally Afri- African clothing at this price point. That would be the white space that you would go after. Okay. Okay, cool. So it's like the space that's not uh, filled, filled, I guess. Yeah. In the, yes. in the, okay. Okay, good. When you said that, I was like, I'm going to go back to that. Um. <laughs> Okay, so we have you have your students. One thing I know about you yeah. already is that when people join your course, they get one up, they get time with you. Like you, maybe not one on one. Tell me what they get because I know there's like some different um, ways yeah. they can work. So why don't you explain that for people who are? And I guess just if you're listening, I guess my idea for this is to have you think of a course. Maybe okay. Let me go back. <laughs> a lot of courses are ta- are sold to us uh, being the entrepreneur like as something we should offer because it's going to be passive income because it's going to be like one to many it's going to be so easy you're just going to be like drinking pina coladas on the beach getting notifi- right. stripe notifications and like right. it's going to be so easy and I do feel like you can set up a course that's mostly just videos and yeah. self-study and you don't really help those people for instance like my gift course is my gift course is really cheap. And I kind of consider that like a workshop because it's just like, do you want to make a gift? Watch these modules and I'll walk you through how to make a gift. But then there are also people selling, which is kind of where Steal This Course talks about my experience, like signature courses, pretty expensive courses, what I would consider, you know, thousands of dollars, a pretty expensive course that is also sort of passive income for the creator. So the other reason I wanted to have you on is because I wanted you to kind of talk about how you create a course, but like, you're okay with knowing your students. <laughs> well, okay. I think that stems from a few things. When I bought into this whole course creation thing, I don't 
remember even hearing or seeing the messaging about the pina colada beach lifestyle. That was just something that like, I don't know if like I didn't notice it or like it just wasn't where my head was at. As a child of an entrepreneur and as someone who started businesses, many businesses in their life, I just wanted a successful business. So in my mind, I was just looking at um, the cost of developing a product and then what you could sell it for. And so in my mind, I'm looking at, oh, the cost to develop this product is low and I can sell it for this much. I can actually profit. So like my mind was literally just like business profit. Cool. <laughs> like that's it. Um, so then, but then I think what happened with my business is it, um, it is really contingent on my credibility, you know, which I don't know if every course creator's situation is like that. So as I launched my program, when it first started, it was just, we had weekly group coaching calls and I would meet everybody as a group and the group was fairly small so I could get to know people in the group. And then, I mean, it's still like the size has fluctuated a bit, but it's still around the same size each class so far. Um, But as it grew, I was realizing like, okay, um, when I get to know them, they are more committed to doing the work but also I can talk about them more because I know them and then I can promote them. It just becomes more comfortable of a situation for me to even be in. So what I did is I tested like last, I think it was last launch, maybe the launch before I did a test and I had my core program at a certain price point with just the weekly calls. And then I had like a TCA plus, I think I called it with like one-on-one calls and I don't remember what else I threw in there. Like I think, oh, like marketing research. So instead of them performing the market research, I did it and I had a folder that they could access. Mm-hmm. Um, so I up- I had an upgrade and I saw so many people bought that upgrade. And then as I thought about it, I was like, could I just like make that the course? Like make it something where they always talk to me, maybe just once instead of I think I had like two or three calls. And then if they want, they can always like buy more calls. But just where I had like one setup call, So that's what I did with this last launch. I added in a bonus that was you get a one-on-one call with me, 30 minutes if you sign up, whatever. So then what happened with that is most people signed up because you have to sign up within the 12 weeks of the course. Like it's not forever that you can book this call. Like you don't own me. Um, but, But what happened is then I got to know their product really well. So then I would say like, okay, I see what stage you're at this is the area of the course you need to focus on when we get there. And this is why. And I think that just gives people like more of a motivation and an encouragement. And there's a a responsibility because they know that I'm looking at them and they know that I've seen them and I know what they're doing. And it's really interesting because you can see through the group coaching calls, them realizing that like, I remember them. I have a very good memory for like product. So like when we have the group coaching calls, they'll ask a question and I'll be like, oh, right. Your product is the X, Y, Z. And they're like, yeah, it is. Like, you know, they're like, how do you know that? And I'm like, cause I pay attention and I like write notes and I want you, I literally want you to be, to be successful because I believe that you can be with the information I have laid out, but also it only fuels what I'm doing if you are successful. So like I'm doing what I can to make that happen. Yes. Right? Yes. Okay. So this is interesting because I do think in the online business space or just when we get a Like if your kid went to school and the teacher didn't know their name or what reading level they were on, we would all be horrified. Right. So mad. I would be like, you don't know my child's name or what they can read. Crazy. But when it comes to a product, like you buy something, it's almost like you're saying your people are like, you know who I am. Like, yeah, above and beyond to know that. And as a former educator, I'm like, okay, that's that's weird. But it is something to be acknowledged and why I thought of you for this episode because yes you want 
your people to succeed. Like you want your people to succeed. You want them to learn this information and you want to have a business that is profitable. Yes. You can have all those things. I think sometimes the scales get tipped. And I do think there's people who maybe come from a certain teacher background or whatever, and they have trouble charging. Like maybe they're not profitable, but they really care about their students. And then there's like a misbalance the other way. Or there's yes. the drinking the pina coladas who are like, I don't care if you make your product. I already got your money. Like <laughs> whatever. So how do we like find that balance? And I think you're saying you're adding stuff and you're like experimenting and you're seeing like, oh, a lot of people benefited from this. This could be part of the program. Yes. I'm like, yes. Oh my gosh. Thank you for caring. Right. But I have to say, I also recognize, like, I'm not stupid. Like I recognize it's not scalable when you start to add yourself as a required piece of the program. But I, so what I've decided is like, I'm going to have my program's going to get more expensive. I don't know where the cap is. I'm going to see how people can handle it and afford it. I'm also looking at like, how can I get toy companies to sponsor a portion of the cost so that I can keep the cost lower um, for the individuals and maybe the companies can invest in the talent, right? But I can Ooh. still get paid. So I'm yeah. looking at that too. But then I also at the same time made a self-study version of my course, which I also think is like a much clearer sell because people say like when you have this course and you have these group coaching calls, like it's all great and gravy. But I think when you literally say on a page, like this is a self-study program, like this is the price, this is what you get. And like it's self-study. That tells people that's like tracks a different type of person. And if they're willing to invest that much money, they're committing and like that's their their personal commitment. But there's also in my my world a way that like you can buy self-study and then you can join the group coaching later if you want to. So there's a, a price where you could have the main course and then say, you know what, I actually want weekly calls for 12 weeks with Agile, so I'm going to join the group program. And I think that works really well. So then like maybe what will happen is my program will get more expensive, I'll limit the number of students, and then I'll always have this self-study option. So there's like people that can start and then maybe work with me later. Yeah. Well, and I also think the self-study is great for people who like, I don't mind a coaching call. Like, I'm not scared to get on a Zoom and be like, hello, I have a question. Everybody look at me. I'm, like, I'm going to ask a question. But there's like introverted people, I'm sure, that are like, let me see what this is like. Yes. Let me like baby step in. Or maybe their idea isn't really like formulated yet. Or maybe I'm, I'm thinking of all the reasons too for self-study. Yeah. Like, you know, when you sign up for something, I've done it before. I've gotten excited and signed up for something that I know has live calls, but I signed up when I was super busy. Right. And then I couldn't make any of the calls. And I was yes. like, why did I do it this round? I should have waited. Yes. But if they have like an idea that's brewing and they're like, well, I kind of want to get started, but I know I can't commit to certain times yes. or they have a day job or what, like whatever their circumstances, they can like get started and come back later for more support when they're ready. Yes. It's I so, don't... yes. I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. And also some people could could maybe do it on their own. But I wanted to also talk about, it's a little bit going backwards, but like your experience in the toy industry. Yeah. So you didn't just like say like, I really like toys. So I'm going to teach people how to make toys. Like give us a little bit of your background of how you got to where you are. Right. So I worked in the toy industry since 2010. I started as an intern at Madame Alexander designing doll clothes, best job ever until eventually my next best job, like dream job, I worked at Toys R Us and I was the global head of product design for uh, this brand called Totally Me. And I was the global head of, um, oh no, product design for like six World's Worlds brands. And that was the global head of pro- of just product management for Totally Me. So I had two jobs in one because I am a workaholic. And- 
<laughs> and I and the job the product development designers get to um, travel to China. The the designers that just design like what it looks like don't. So I wanted the other job too. And <laughs> so eventually I talked to my boss and I got both jobs. So um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. So I got to design like dolls and play sets and cars, which was like the scariest, hardest thing ever designing like cars. Like, cause back then, I mean, uh, 3d wasn't like huge. I learned 3d, but when I would try to use it in the development process, people would be like, what are you doing? Like, we're just going to get China to do that. Like stop. And I, so I would do like plan drawings of cars, like front, back side. It was just like, so deep. And then you're looking at every angle and you're like, is this right? Like, I don't know. Like, you know, it's like so stressful. So, um, yeah, so I did that. And then the last job I had before I started my business was called, was at creative kids and I was the VP of brand and product. And so, yeah, so I know what I'm doing. And this is actually why I also think I got really comfortable doing one-on-one because when I was working at all these companies, I was developing 50 products at a time. Like every season I'd be developing like 50 products from start to finish, like from concept sketch to package design. Mm -hmm. So now what happens in these 30 minute calls, it's like I'm a mini product developer. It's like I come into their line at whatever stage they're in. I ask a bunch of questions and then I tell them like, okay, this is what you should do next. Look at this area of the course. Make sure you take this into consideration. And it's almost like I'm a little mini product manager assistant for them, like while they're doing their thing. And I enjoy that. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So also I'm like, yes, you enjoy it. Like that's yeah. the other thing is sometimes I think we get caught up in all the like goals financially or whatever, but like those other jobs sound really exciting too. But I'm assuming you also worked a lot of hours when you had those other two jobs. Yeah. I mean, I didn't notice it, but yeah, I was always working. So yeah. like, <laughs> So like, I don't know. I feel like I've made episodes before where I'm like, I'm okay with trading time for money. And I think just thinking more too about like, what makes you happy? Like, I'm sure you're super stoked when someone's toy is Love on it. a shelf somewhere like Love that. It. Help. Like, it's not, I'm assuming, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, that it's yeah. not only about money for you. And that doesn't mean you don't want to make money and you don't yeah. want to like grow your business and scale yeah. it and be successful. Yeah. But also like, it doesn't have to be tunnel vision of like, What's the easiest way for me to make the most money? Because yeah. sometimes that could also like not lead to any happiness. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Unless only money makes you happy. No, 100%. Like this is definitely not the easy path <laughs> in my industry. I could have just kept going where I was going and made a lot more money and saved a lot more money. Because now I'm generating as much money as I was in my full-time job more than I was in my full-time job, but I'm not keeping it. Because like I have a business to run. I hire people to help this run smoother. I want my students to have the best experience. I invest in things. Like I, I could make money easier other ways. But what I am doing this for um, is because I want to love the products that I'm developing. And I ended up in a very mass market side of the toy industry, which got me a lot of experience. But it was experience developing products that I wasn't like all over the floor about. It was like, it was products that I probably would have purchased as a kid because my family didn't have a ton of money, but it, it's not the stuff that I'm like, you know, all of the floor about, you know, I'm like, <laughs> this is a, a cheesy kit, like, it's like yeah. so, you know, like it's not all over the floor. So I wanted to help people that like have something they're like passionate about. They're like, we need this. And this, I'm a parent, I'm a doctor. We need this product. Show me how to make it happen. And I love being a part of that. Mm -hmm. And then also not to mention like just building my own legacy and not just running after somebody else who's building their legacy. Cause like at all these companies you work for, 
there's some big guy in charge and he's doing amazing things or she's doing amazing things, but you're typically just the worker helping those amazing things happen for another company. And mm-hmm. now I have a chance to try to make amazing thing ha- things happen for my company. And that's why it's worth it to me. Yeah. Yes. I love that. Um, we also talked about um, the idea that you do want to scale it. And you were talking about like hiring people and investing. Yeah. So can you talk about how like if you do want to grow and add more students, like what, how that might change? Yeah. So one of the things I've already realized, because my goal is 75 to 100 students this round. Um, so one of the things I have to be a lot more strict about putting your questions into the Q&A forms before our weekly calls, because <laughs> that is the only way we will stay on track, um, but also extending those calls like if we need to. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to put a buffer in my calendar of like 30 minutes if we need to extend the calls so that we can. Normally I do this anyway, just because I get excited about what they're working on and I don't want to leave the call. Yeah. Um, but but I want to put an intentional buffer um, if we hit a certain number of students. And then I've already hired, she's starting today, a community manager, because like I said, I want to support my students. But when we're in the actual um, learning phase of the course, I need to be focused on like, what are they learning this week? How can I supplement that in our weekly calls? You know, when is our one-on-one call? Let me get to know their product. And I want her to be focused on finding out what successes they've, they've had and either helping them spread the word on social media through our platforms or like just helping them find the right answers in the course. So I need other people to help them do things that they don't necessarily need me to do. Like I can have someone else tell them like, go to this part of the course, I can have someone else share their Facebook story so that it gets more views from my audience of buyers and retailers. Um, and I can instead be focused on the weekly calls, our one-on-ones, making the course better, you know, like those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I'm like, again, modeled after like real world education. <laughs> like in college, there's TAs. There's like, ah. you know, in even in elementary school, there's like teacher's assistants. There's people, volunteers. Like, you should save your brain power and your stuff for like the stuff you really have to do. But also students still need support with all the things you just mentioned, but it doesn't necessarily have to be you doing everything. And then that's a way to scale, but still provide the same amount of like help and still your same amount of expertise, but grow in a way that still supports your students and can make you more money. Yeah. You also have to invest more money. Like it's just, I just feel like I'm, it's probably like all in my head that I'm getting this rep for like (laughs) crashing courses, but I'm like, there is a way to do both, like to provide more customer service. And, you know, like, obviously I want business owners to make as much money as they can, but I also like want to advocate for students. Like the teacher in me is like, okay, but also like you got to support your students. So I love that idea. Yeah. Also, I just want to brag for a second because I just want to tell the story when I was um, like, after I had met you, I feel like I met you in Angie Trueblood's podcasting group. Maybe. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so like I knew you and I've been on some calls with you. And then Matt was like watching TV and I fell asleep on the couch. And then when I woke <laughs> up, you were on my TV. And I was like, oh, to Matt, I was like, oh, my gosh, I know her. Because like, what? Um, what what show was it? Tell me what show it was. Um, probably. Maybe Toys That Built America. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So you guys. Like, Ajelle knows what's up. She is, like, in the industry. I'm just saying, like, you are a leader, I feel yeah, like, in your yeah, industry. Right. And you are, like, provide. And I'm not saying anybody who has a course has to be, like, 
on TV because I'm right. not on TV yet. <laughs> yet. Um, but this idea where you're also like using your contacts and helping people get their toys out there. Like you're seeing it through is what yeah, I'm trying to say. Yeah. As much as I can, because yeah. like it also requires the student to keep going. And that is a hard, like, I'm still trying to figure out the right wording. I'm like, just had a call earlier where I was like, oh, that might be something I should say in the webinar to remind people, like, I'm here for you during this time frame. You can't email me like, you know, a year later and be like, give me a contact. I'll be like, go to the course. <laughs> um, but like, you have to make an effort. If I send you an email saying you need to come to this pitch event, trust me when I say you need to come to this pitch event. I had a call with a student after the course ended and she was like, she was like, yeah, I just don't know, um, you know, if this is for me because my product is very educational. And I told her, I was like, literally yesterday, I was in a call with the main educational company during our pitch event. We had an empty slot. You should have been there, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, I cannot force this on you. Like I sent the emails. I let you know there's opportunity. When I say there's opportunity, there is opportunity. I make myself look like a fool in this industry. I beg people for everything. I'm like, please come to my pitch event. Like I'm emailing them nonstop. So like, just trust me when I say like, I'm trying here. So, but at the end of the day, like you have to respond to the email. You have to come to the pitch meeting. You have to bring your all. Like I can't do everything. So <laughs> no. Well, again, from like teaching, my teaching experience of yeah. teaching, especially high schoolers, um, like there were definitely times where I was like, well, I can't care more than you. You know, like I can yeah, only tell you that you're like missing this that. assignment. Like if you have a zero and I've told you like 16 times, like I can literally cannot do it for you. Yeah. Like, this is it. And also, yeah, like, where does your res responsibility as the teacher stop and, and their responsibility as the student begin? And Ooh. I think, again, that's like a spectrum in yeah. terms of like being profitable and also supporting your students and like where you like with, where those lines are drawn, I think is really important. And yeah, you shouldn't feel responsible for them. Like you are doing everything on your end, but then they have to do the stuff on their end. So yeah, that's that's an important so um just because it's there doesn't mean it's like magic. And also it's not your, like at the end of the day, it's not your product to right. promote. Like it's there, yeah. like they need to feel that to be there to do it. Like you're facilitating the opportunities yes. and then it's like up to them to take advantage of the opportunities. Yes. So, um, yes. That's, that's, I mean, I just, I'm like <laughs> getting hype again, but I'm like, this is why I wanted to have you on. Cause I just yeah. feel like lots of the things you do, are very similar to like how you would actually write a lesson plan in the <laughs> teaching world or like, you know, it's like a culminating activity, like your pitch event. Talk a little bit more about what that is. Okay. So in my course, I teach people how to create their own contact list and pitch people their ideas, whether they're pitching retailers like Target or they're pitching a store to carry their item um, or sorry, or a company to license their item. So what happened after the first class, I saw that people were like, I, I would follow up and I'd be like, so did you pitch yet? And they'd be like, oh, I'm not sure. I'm not ready. I'm just nervous. And then I realized like they weren't going to do it. <laughs> so I was like, okay, this is not like, I'm not on board with this. So I was like, what if, and at the time everything was virtual. So I was like, what if I hold a virtual pitch event? Like, will that work? Will, will people come and then they can pitch and I can be there as their coach, like in the room and just say, cause we already have like an NDA as part of our program. So like, I'll be in the room and I'll just like help them. Mm -hmm. And it's actually really beautiful because sometimes what will happen is like they'll be nervous and they'll forget to ask a question or me having the experience as a product designer, I know what the other person is 
wondering. So I'll bring it up because I, Mm. and I already know their product. So I know it fulfills that need that they're wondering. So then I'll be like, I know you might be wondering right now, X, Y, Z. And then I'll say, student, why don't you talk a little bit about that? And then, and I've had them tell, I've had the the pitch reviewers tell me, oh, that's exactly what I was wondering. Like, thank Mm -hmm. you. So like, there's like a, it's really helpful. And then after that first meeting, they, if the pitch reviewer says, yes, we like it, we want to stay in touch. I connect them via email and then it's them. They have Mm -hmm. to follow that. But then now they have like confidence, you know, they're like, they feel empowered. They've made a, a real connection in the industry backed by me. And yeah, and they just have this like role of confidence. Keep going. Yeah. You know? Well, and again, figuring out where your responsibility ends and the students picks up. Like you could have been like, well, I told them what to pitch. But if enough people were not pitching, you were like, okay, hold up. Maybe this is like, maybe it does come back to me. Like, yeah, I feel like as a teacher, when you give a test just to check everyone's understanding and everyone's missing number six. You have to say like, oh, I probably didn't teach the content in number six well enough because nobody's like getting that. Yeah. Whereas you can't just be like, well, I taught them number six. (laughs) I guess they're all ding dongs and nobody got it. Like, so I think that was really awesome that you did it one way and then you started seeing a pattern and you were like, okay, how can I fix this within my course? Like, I feel like there's no ego. You're just figuring out what's best for them, but also with like, in your mind, with the community manager and just being mindful of your time and your schedule, like how can it work for everyone? Yes. And I just think that is something that was worth sharing. And I'm so excited that you came on and shared it. Thank you for having me. You make me feel special. When I told you about it, you were like, oh my God, you're amazing. I was like, yes. I know. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. This is so fun. Okay. People are, I mean, I hope everyone's listening and it was like, this is a whole world of like, (laughs) I guess, yeah, people make toys. Like when I met you, I was like, you're so cool. This is so cool. Like it's a whole world that I never thought about, even though I have kids and I was a kid. Like, why didn't I think more about the the behind the scenes of the shark tank of the toy industry? Yes. (laughs) Well, if anybody wants to learn about it, I have a whole podcast on it. That's called Making It in the Toy Industry, the Toy Coach Podcast. Um, and I'm doing a bunch of master classes cause I'm launching my course again soon. And that those free master classes will have a lot of like insight. It's probably a little deep for people that don't know anything about the industry, but still, I mean, it's free. So you can come listen and, yeah. hear, and hear about the mistakes that new toy and game creators make. It's April fool's themed. So it's called the foolish mistakes. That new oh, that's fun. I think it's so going to be funny. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And then where can they learn more and find you and follow you and do whatever? Thetoycoach.com. Or if you're already like, oh my God, I need to do Toy Creators Academy, toycreatorsacademy.com. So. Perfect. I love it. Thank you so much for being on and sharing all your expertise with us. I mean, y'all, you heard it first. She was on TV. So like we have a celebrity here on the podcast today. Oh, thank Just you saying. so much. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Bye, girl. Bye. I know it might seem like sometimes I'm giving course creators a hard time, but really the teacher in me just wants to make sure that no one is treating their students like passive income. And I feel like the idea of passive income is the allure of selling courses, but really they are a lot of work. And if you're going to care about your students and their success, it's going to be a lot of work. So just keep that in mind when you're deciding how to create your course and how you will support your students. Hit me up on Instagram if you want to chat more about this because you know I love it, at the Deanna Seymour. Make sure you check out more about Agile, and I will see you next time. Na, 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 na